Hi, and welcome to the Life and Balance podcast, where we hold space for each other in a crazy world, share our ideas on how to find balance in one's life through yoga and all that comes with it. My name is Nicole, and I am here with the lovely Steph. Hi, Steph. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm nice and cozy today. It's a little it's rainy and kind of icky outside, and I'm just feeling nice and cozy with my woolly socks again and my big cozy sweater. You love how those, are you, how those are you today? East Coast socks. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm I'm doing well. I'm I'm feeling good. Um and happy to have this conversation again with you. We're a few episodes in now, so I feel like we've got our stride. I know, right? Mm-hmm. Episode five today. Wild. Mm-hmm. So today, uh, we've talked about this in terms of what we'd like to talk about, and uh, we're going to talk about self-care. And if you're like me, you might hear someone say that and roll your eyes a little bit, because it seems like (laughs) everyone under the sun is talking about self-care right now. Mm -hmm. And not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but one of the things that we'd love to unpack together in our discussion is, you know is there such a thing as too much self-care or is there um, a little bit too much of an emphasis on the self-care world and the wellness industry? Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's a big question. It is a big question. And something, and something as, you as you mentioned, is very prominent you know, today with the global pandemic that we're being faced with. And I don't know about you, but when we really started to feel the, the, the effects of lockdown. I felt this huge amount of pressure to be taking every moment of my day to be bettering myself. And I, I absolutely, absolutely fell into that sort of trap, if you will, um, those first couple of days of, of, of quarantine or confinement or however you're describing it um, by, you know, all of the, influx of videos and tutorials and information that was being shoved out to us via, you know, different social media outlets, um, just really everywhere on the internet. All it was, was online yoga classes, online this, do that, be better, learn this. And I found it extremely stressful. Did you feel that way? Yeah, I kind of felt like I suddenly had so much more that I had to be doing to be managing mm-hmm. a pandemic, which is kind of mm-hmm. counterintuitive because you, yeah, the thought of going through a, a pandemic is already overwhelming. And then to add a bunch of other things to your to-do list to make sure that you're managing it well. Um, yeah, definitely felt overwhelming at the beginning. And um, and it's it's interesting because obviously the, these offerings, I think, I, or I like to think that they come from a good place. You know, the, the, um, all of the tips for um, how to manage stress, anxiety, how to move your body, how to um, eat well, how to, um, you know, not get overwhelmed with screen time, how to stay connected with, with friends, but how to stay disconnected from, you know, an excess of social media. I think all of these things um, are good are good tips in doses, but it kind of felt mm-hmm. like self-care was on steroids for a little while. Absolutely. I, I feel now, you know, a couple months in, it's, it's definitely subsided. And I did feel that 
letting go of that pressure as the weeks went on. I don't know if you, if you had a similar experience, but in speaking with, you know, friends and they, they would often, they would often say the same thing. Um, I think that, you, you know, one of the, when we talk about self-care um, and we talk about our project of life and balance, I mean, what we're, what we're trying to, to portray through um, this concept of self and balance is to just, just that, balance out what that means to be self-caring um, and it doesn't necessarily mean to be trying to improve oneself you know every hour of the day as if as it felt the way we should have been doing at the beginning of um, you know this this global crisis but really trying to figure out what does self-care mean for me what does it look like for me as an individual because for everyone it's going to look a little bit different and how do I balance all of the different types of self-care that exist whether it be physical emotional social spiritual um, financial and there's lots of different ways that you could approach this particular topic which is pretty vast um, and trying to balance that out I think is what you and I have been have been discussing and, and we hope to discuss a little bit today is how what is too much you know, how do, how do we find that, that nice balance? And I'm making a nice balance gesture with my hands, even though you can't see, me. <laughs> um, with all of these different facets of self-care. Um, yeah. Oh, please, you were to say something. I heard you breathe. No, I, I was like, <laughs> big breath in to enter into my rant. No, I'm kidding. I'm not, not, not ranting about it, but, um, it has me thinking a lot about, um, how we receive information as well, because I think largely from, from my perspective, I was, I was seeing a lot of the self-care um, tips and offerings um, appear online through social media. Mm -hmm. And there's, as we all know, there's so much information available out there in the world. And um, it definitely took a moment of like needing to remember. Yeah. Like to your point, what, works for me. Um, so even though all of the tips and resources that might be helpful for, for other people, I had to kind of filter out some things, you know, my self-care wasn't like make balanced meals every day. That would be my nightmare. <laughs> um, <laughs> but for someone else who loves to cook, diving into new recipe books and, you know, meal planning is probably a really helpful way to de-stress or to, um, you know, feel like you have a, an element of control in your life. Um, so I think there's definitely a, a part to self-care that requires some discernment to, to know that, uh, to your point, there isn't a one-size-fits-all. There isn't one technique or one magical method that will help you always and exclusively. But how do we start to learn what self-care is to us and how do we start to figure out what self-care practices are the ones that are going to work for us the most. Absolutely. And in a way it is really a project in itself. And I was actually, as you were speaking, I was thinking about how the fact that we've been given back in, in many ways, um, a sense of time throughout this, throughout this experience and I think that's why in many ways we saw such an influx of um of offerings coming out in in many different forms was because all of a sudden people had all of this time and in many ways we I don't think and I think I mentioned this on, on in our first episode there's no coincidence that 
all of these offerings were coming at all at the same time, a bit like, you know, that social media and the internet was on steroids. And partly that happened because everyone had a lot of time all of a sudden at home and they needed ways to be able to fill that time. But also, again, it spoke to, for me, it spoke to the fact that people are really scared to just be with themselves and therefore they constantly feel like they need to be doing these self-care practices or doing something exterior that's going to help them evolve or help them change or help them, you know, improve themselves. And because staying with themselves and and being quiet and reflecting and just living through this is, is a scary, is a scary thought. And um, so it's, it's by no means are we, are, and I think you and I agree, by no means are we sitting here um, trashing the self-care, um, you know, <laughs> pandemic in, in some ways that, 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 that came out as soon as the, um, as soon as we all went into confinement or quarantine. Um, if anything, I'm obviously, we're huge advocates of self-care. Otherwise we wouldn't be having this conversation, but I think it's, to your point, it's about discerning and trying to figure out what does this mean for me or and I think you and I have had many experiences through our yoga practice that has enabled us to kind of pick and choose what's going to work for us because we're listening to ourselves as, you know, as an individual and thinking about what is it that I need specifically versus what do I think that I need based on what, you know, is being offered to me um, all through these different avenues. It's a really good point. It has me thinking about you know, if we take a step back a second and ask, you know, why, why is self-care important generally? Why do we, mm-hmm. why do we need to be um, mindful of, of taking care of ourselves? And what does that really mean? Do you have any thoughts on that? I do. And the first thing that came to my mind was an experience that I think marked both of you and I quite significantly. Um, our very first yoga retreat, Life and Balance Yoga Retreat in 2018, we had a wonderful participant who sort of blew all of our minds in the sharing circle that we were having, in which she, we, I think we asked her a question about, um, you know, wh- why are you here? Or is there something specific that you're working on? Something along those lines, you know, a bit of a more open-ended um, kind of, bigger picture question. And her response was oxygen mask. And as a former flight attendant, I kind of looked over at her and thought, what the heck is she talking about? And I don't know if you remember this, but she said, you know, I give so much to other people and I'm constantly taking care of my family and taking care of my employees and taking care of the people that are surrounding me because it's something I love to do. And it's also an obligation that I feel like I have. But what happens is, is I get depleted and I'm reminded of what happens when you're in an airplane and the, if, the, if there's ever an emergency, the captain or loudspeaker comes on and says, always make sure that you put on your oxygen mask first before you can assist somebody else. And that analogy just like, I don't know, for me, like blew my mind open. And I, I, I'm reminded that self-care is in many ways in service to ourselves in order that for us to be able to serve others. And that's the, kind of the first thing that came to my mind when you, when you asked that question. Yeah, I think you're right. For me, um, thinking about why self-care is important 
it's not something I necessarily thought about before I entered this wellness world necessarily. But now mm-hmm. that I, I am in this world, I, it's almost like I notice, I notice when I'm not practicing self-care because I get irritable, because I feel um, sad, because I lose my sense of motivation. All of those things. Sense of balance. Yeah, mm-hmm. sense, of, mm-hmm. sense of balance. <laughs> <laughs> um, and those are kind of the markers for it. So if I think about it in reverse a little bit, yeah, it is about maintaining a sense of balance where it's not to say that things aren't still hard, but the reaction um, is a little bit more balanced or there's more of an opportunity to kind of bounce back um, or to regain a sense of uh a sense of balance, for lack of a better word, um, <laughs> than I might otherwise have if I wasn't taking care of myself in the ways that um, that I need to do that for kind of body, mind, and and spirit. Can you can you like identify a couple of a couple of specific things that you do um, that you feel represent self care for you as Nicole as an individual? Yeah. Um, napping. <laughs> uh, yeah, for those of you who listen to my interview, napping is a, a big part of um, of my self care, and and I think it just comes back to to feeling well rested and not trying to push through as best I can. Not just trying to push through for the sake of pushing through, but if I really need, if I try to do something when I'm tired, I'm. For me, I'm not really going to do it well, or it's going to take me so much longer than mm-hmm. if I was coming at it with a clear mind and feeling rested. So letting my body rest when I'm able to, if that means a nap in the middle of the day, I will take that nap in the middle of the day. Um, definitely yoga, like practicing yoga on my mat I, I love to take other people's classes because it helps me get out of my head a little bit. Sometimes when I'm practicing at home, I'm kind of thinking about cues and sequencing more um, mm-hmm. than just letting someone else kind of guide me through their sequencing. So I find it really helpful to take, you know, either to leave my house in a, in a pre, pre-COVID world or to take classes online with other people. Um, and yeah, the other thing for me is very related to napping is, um, having downtime. So downtime, like, you know, sitting on the couch and watching some shows with my husband, cuddling with my cats, not filling my calendar up to the brim with things to do. I like to make sure that I have some white space in my calendar, um, so that I know that I can do whatever I need to in those moments, as opposed to feeling like everything in my day is booked solid. And do you schedule those moments out? Um, it depends. It depends on how busy my week is, I would say. Like if I know I'm having a busy week, then yeah, I would schedule them in because otherwise I would fill that time with work. Like that would be very easy for me to, to do. If my schedule mm-hmm. is a little bit lighter, I, I generally don't need to because I have more, um, yeah, it feels like I have more time available to do those things. So, yeah, I'm also, I'm a homebody naturally. So this, this uh, confinement world has been in me and my element uh, because I find as 
uh, I describe myself as an introvert, socializing like with other people, especially in person, does take a lot out of me. So I need to make sure if I am doing that, if I'm going to meet up with friends or there's a party or an event, um, that I have like buffer time after that. Like if, if my weekend mm. is like max one social activity, uh, and then the rest is like me time. <laughs> and do you feel do you feel like you always knew that about yourself, or do you think that's something that has come you know come to the surface through your yoga practice and you know your self awareness? Napping has definitely always been there. <laughs> that we knew that yeah we knew. that's that's a big part but uh, I probably just didn't really recognize the signs that I was feeling out of balance or that I had like language to describe what that meant mm. before before entering the yoga world or, or really kind of getting into a yoga practice what about you what are some of your self-care go-to's as we were discussing this, and um, interestingly enough, when you mentioned that you were a homebody, uh, my immediate thought was that I am not na- naturally. I I get a lot out of social interactions, and though I do feel that you know they can be tiring, I I'm someone who travels a lot. Um, um, I obviously live abroad. Um, I've traveled a lot for work and, and um, you know, and personally as well. And interestingly enough, the one difficult um, thing for me to be able to continue to maintain when I'm traveling is self-care. Mm-hmm. And I always felt, I, I go into every trip, whether it be for three or four days or whether it be for two weeks, feeling like, okay, I'm going to do these, you know, these set things, whether it be bringing my yoga mat with me or, you know, meditating in the morning or having that, you know, that white time to myself at the end of each day before I do some sort of um, maybe social engagements in the evening. I go out with that intention. It's always been something that I find very difficult to maintain. And to your point about confinement and feeling like you're in your element, I've actually really been able to tap into what it is that those self-care items are for me that hold true now that I have a little bit more time and now that I don't have that that movement that I've had in my that I've had my in my sort of regular life if you will um so I've I've really been enjoying self-care in a different way and really being able to identify what those specific things are for me like you I'm not necessarily um, interested and nor do I feel like it's beneficial to my, you know, personal wellness to be in the kitchen cooking all the time. It's not necessarily my, um, my thing in life. In life. Um, for me, it's, um, having a schedule helps, helps quite a bit for me. Um, I like to have, um, lists of just things, not necessarily feeling that pressure of knowing that I have to do X amount of things, but just having something written down that I can visualize my visual person keeps my kind of calmness intact being on my yoga mat but not necessarily um you know spending you know two to three hours a day you know practicing yoga I as long as I get there you know every day even just for five minutes that really helps to sort of keep my keep myself centered and something that I've always again found a little bit more challenging when I'm on the road you know there's obvious reasons why it's difficult to to practice these these self-care 
practices, for lack of a better word, when you're on the road because you physically are not in the same space, you're moving around, you're often quite fatigued. Um, so I, I found that practicing yoga, create, being visual, so creating lists, I, again, I keep repeating myself, I do a lot of drawing that really helps to, to um, allow me to focus. And I don't do it out of, I feel like I need to be creating something. I need to be drawing something. I do it out of really a, sort of a meditative practice. And I've been sleeping a lot as well. I, it's funny enough that I'm not a huge napper. Um, I like to just sometimes even just put a little bit of like quiet, you know, um, meditative music on and just like lie on my mat. But I have found that since the confinement um, and, and this particular, you know, global crisis that we're, we're living through has happened, I, I have been napping a little bit more. And I've been doing it specifically um, based exactly on what you said. I'm not, I'm trying to, I'm trying to really listen to myself. And you and I had this conversation, I think it was about two days ago, you know, if anything, if we, if anything comes out of this particular, you know, default moment that we're all living through, I think for us, it was really, truly understanding what it is we need and when we need it. And so napping for me is something I always felt guilty about. And I felt like I shouldn't be doing that. I don't need to be napping. I can power through, um, but why? For what purpose? If I feel tired, if I feel depleted, if I feel like I just need to have a little bit of moment to myself before I go about my day, why on earth should I feel like that's something negative versus something positive? And now I feel like every time I, I nap, I'm going to think about what your, you know, what your father called it growing up was his, med his meditation, mm -hmm. which is, you know, exactly what it is in many ways. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you touched on something really interesting that I'd love to like unpack a little bit, which is when you say that you do your art practice, for example, your drawing practice, you know, from a self-care perspective, you don't do it just to create something and you don't do it for the sake of doing something. You do it because it is that meditative practice to you. It, it naturally brings you into that state of balance. And I think that for me um, is maybe where the self-care machine went off course, which is it became something like, okay, I have to do my gratitude list in the morning and I have to have my hot water mm -hmm. with lemon and I have to do my yoga class before my day starts and then I'm good. And it becomes this tick box exercise. And what I'm wondering as I'm, as I'm talking out loud, is there situations where maybe self-care, some, some self-care tips is actually a little bit of an avoidance tactic. It's like a way of kind of distracting us from what's really going on and thinking, okay, I need to keep busy. I need to take care of myself rather than doing it just because Listen myself. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, and, and, and a sort of a, a premise of our whole project is, is, is looking for ways in which we can live a life more harmoniously, more um, mindfully. And we know you know, our rational brains know that anything in excess is not good for us. So why should self-care be any different? Mm -hmm. um, so as much as I do think it's it, it, in many ways, this is an avoidance and I definitely felt that at the beginning um, of confinement. I also feel like it, it's become a little bit of a buzzword, buzz topic that 
we, yeah, as human beings, we tend to use these these subjects and these practices as a bit of an avoidance of just, you know, living with body, our bodies within ourselves. And because it's, you know, in the sliding scale, it's certainly on the healthier side of the sliding scale than unhealthy. We therefore feel like it's acceptable to be excessive about it and acceptable to be feeling like we should be doing it all the time and we should be practicing it all the time and we should be, you know, thinking about it all the time. And, and, no one should be doing practicing or thinking about anything all the time. <laughs> it's, that really defeats the whole purpose, doesn't it? Yeah. I know for me, uh, early on, and this still kind of comes up a little bit in my yoga practice, but when I really got into practicing every day and sometimes twice a day, um, I did kind of use it as a little bit of a an escape. Like if I, mm-hmm. I, I you know, can think of examples where you know, if I was having a really stressful day or I had an argument with someone, um, my first reaction was like, I got to go to yoga. Like I got to get to the studio. And it was kind of like, I just had to get away Mm. rather than, okay, this is what's coming up for me. Can I, can I, can I let myself feel what I'm feeling, um, now, but instead I was like, no, oh, I'm feeling something I don't want to feel. Okay. I'm going to do something to distract myself. And yeah, yoga is a good mm. thing. Like, and you know, to your point, if you're going to be doing an excess of self-care, that's probably better than an excess of other things that you could be choosing. But, mm-hmm. but at some point, um, it's still excessive. It's still <laughs> excessive. And it's still, if you're trying to escape your reality, then you're not really, um, it's not really helping you in your life because ideally self-care mm-hmm. practices are meant to help us kind of thrive in our normal day-to-day life in our normal day-to-day life which does have stress and which does have um you know negative emotions and challenges but if we're just doing them as a way to escape then we're not actually navigating our day-to-day or managing it well right. yeah it, again it should be it, it should be a tool in the toolbox versus an escape mechanism mm-hmm. and i think sometimes that those you know, that, that, that can be a little bit blurry, um, depending on your state of mind, depending on what's happening in your life. Totally. So, uh, you know, at the risk of, of contributing to the, <laughs> the noise around self-care, you know, is there anything that you would say to someone who is navigating this self-care wellness world and who is also maybe feeling overwhelmed by all of the different options or feels like they aren't doing enough to take care of themselves? Um, there's two things I would say. One is be honest with how you feel. And I don't mean like always tapping into exactly what your emotions are saying to you. I just mean, you know, eat food that makes you feel nourished. And actually that's a top, that's a word word that I had not heard someone use in a sentence about eating until you were at my house, I don't know, six months ago. And you said, this feels like such a nourishing meal. And I hadn't, I I really hadn't heard someone talk about food in that way. And that's really what it is. You know, nourish yourself with things that make you feel good. So don't let someone else in the exterior who doesn't necessarily know you, who's never met you, who's been, you know, giving you things online, which again, we're not, we're not trashing the, the offerings that people have online. We certainly even do things online as well. Um, or, you know, in studios in a, in a more, um, non-COVID-19 world, but understanding what it is nourishes you, whether it 
be food, whether it be an activity, whether it be, you know, having a bath, whether it be what, whatever realm within the self-care um, world speaks to you, I would say own that. And I actually have had, and I don't know if this has come up for you at all, but I know that I've spoken to a lot of people who their past and their childhood has come up a lot throughout the, this particular period, maybe because we have more time, maybe because we're really thinking about, you know, what is, what is life all about? Um, you know, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, a new space for a lot of us. And I, so I would also say to somebody, you know, reflect on who you were as a child. People will often say that what you were interested in and what you loved to do as a child before your ego really set in and told you what you should and shouldn't be interested in or what you should and shouldn't be doing. Those are the things that are really going to nourish your soul and make you feel like you're really taking care of yourself. So for me, as an example, I, I love to, you know, if anyone listened to, to my interview, I love to draw. I like to do calligraphy and I liked to practice dance when I was a kid. And so for me, dance in many ways translated to my yoga practice as an adult. Um, because as we know, classical ballet and different types of dance can be a little bit challenging on a, on a you know, not <laughs> conditioned or <laughs> adolescent body type. Um, and interestingly enough, those, those particular practices, practices have translated into adulthood and are really wrapped up in my self-care practice. Um, so I would say to listen, listen to what nourishes you and listen to the child inside of you. What would you say? Yeah, I would say uh, similar things like listening to um, what works for you. And the other thing in, a, in addition, as, a, as you were talking, makes me think of not feeling like you have to share about what self-care is or looks like to you. I think the pressure to share about our lives is rampant and the pressure to look like we have it all figured out is prevalent and (laughs) and so that's an understatement (laughs) if you're you know if what you do to take care of yourself isn't what other people do um, or if you try the things that other people say you should be doing or the things that really really help them and that doesn't resonate with you that's okay because ultimately, mm-hmm. yeah, self-care is taking care of yourself, not yeah. anyone else. And, um, you know, you, you are already, already doing all of the right things if you have practices, tools, activities, rituals, whatever it is that, that nourish you. That's enough. You don't have to add to that if it doesn't serve you. Mm-hmm. I take your advice. I, I take, take your, your advice, advice all the time, too. to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, thanks so much, Nicole. I, I don't know about you, but I could go on about this, this topic of self-care for forever, but I think maybe we leave it for there for now. Yeah. And, uh, and then we'll be back next time for episode six. Very exciting. All right. Until next time. Until next time. Thanks, everyone.